You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast Raw Review Edition. God, when was the last time we did one of these? Uh, I think it was actually the Raw After Mania. Well, you know, WWE kind of took a month off of well, all their big top championships. Yeah, you say that, but we also were making the jokes that the Raw After Mania, the Raw, the Raw after the Raw After Mania felt more like the Raw After Mania than the Raw After Mania did. And the Raw after the Raw after the Raw after Mania, and the Raw after the Raw after the Raw after, and the Raw after 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 Mania. All of those were way better than the Raw after Mania too. So much better. So, I don't review good episodes of Raw. Don't know what I'm doing here. Today. Well, you enjoyed oh, because you enjoyed today's episode. Of Very much so. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen D. A-D. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Yeah, good. Okay, so let's we, we'll skip the pleasantries. Um, <laughs> about five seconds before we went live on the AEW stream on Thursday, you uh-huh. just leaned over and said to me, oh, by the way, I bought a ukulele. Yeah, it's a then, fact. Well, I mean, yes, but you just dropped it with, I, I, I didn't have time to ask questions because then I had to review Dynamite. So now... What, why? Why? Why have you? Why have you bought a ukulele, Ollie Davis, at the grand old age of thirty-four? Yeah, yeah, I forgot for a second too. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-four. Uh, I watched a, a YouTube video from two thousand six from Ali Abdul. He is. Uh, he used to be an NHS doctor. He's super into productivity. I watch his videos a fair bit, and he I said see. the ten best purchases <laughs> he's made <coughs> under like. 50 quid. Right. And I had most of them, but I didn't have the ukulele. And he was like, it's just a nice little thing. There it is. You just pick it up. If you're bored or you're stuck in something at work, have a strum. Rather than, I mean, we all worked from home for a while. The other strum. A ukulele strum. 
you're learning a skill. Mm. You're not refining that skill you picked up in your teenage years. And you have learnt a handful of songs so far. C chord, (laughs) G chord, F chord. That's 80% of popular modern music in the West. Well, yeah, I think so. And you can play, I mean, this was very much showing the a sign of a time of what songs have been performed on ukuleles and when ukuleles were popular uh foundations by kevin mm. uh, i said kevin, kevin nash, nash. <laughs> <laughs> i've already got their money <laughs> uh kate nash yes yeah yeah it's My a good, it's a good tips song are holding on to the cracks in our foundations are you trying to put on a liverpudlian accent that's not a liverpudlian accent you just went clacks <laughs> My fingertips are holding on to the fingertips are holding on to the cracks in our foundations. <laughs> and I'm trying not to let go, but I can't. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah, well, I keep saying this to my to. wife because she... Um, sorry, the kid has recently discovered that she loves finger puppets. Mm-hmm. And we've got a farmyard uh, book that came with some finger puppets and stuff. And so there's a horse, there's yeah. a cow, there's a cat... Uh, a Pudlian man. And, well, there's a chicken. Right. And as I say, chicken in a Scouse accent is chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so you're giving them so I keep, silly I, accents. No, I just keep putting the, the chicken one on and going to my wife going, chicken? Like that. And she doesn't like it at all. <laughs> Are you concerned that your your daughter will grow up thinking it's a chicken? Because <laughs> no, I just go, bah, 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 bah. basically, I okay. actually sing the robot chicken theme song. Mm-hmm. I just go, bah, bah, bah. And she pisses herself laughing. Literally. Uh, she hasn't actually wet herself yet, but yeah. you know, she is a baby. I don't know when she's weeing because uh, the nappies we have are so good. Mm. But they just last for ages. That's fantastic. So you you might be thinking you're doing the brock brock brock, but what's really going into her head is out the door. Shaken. Is me going to Shaken here? <laughs> Please don't do that voice. Uh, Chicken. Yeah, so ukulele, Kate Nash Foundations. Um, what other songs? Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine. Sing that to my kid. And... Could do that with a ukulele, <laughs> could you imagine? She'd love it. You could put a pattern on the ukulele. Mine's bright yellow. Yeah. This is, it's weird. <laughs> you, you are right, though. I, I imagine ukuleles aren't popular in a time period they're popular to any sort of geeky orientated guy who goes to uni. And there's, no, there's I, a few, I would say there's they, a few things. They were popular with geeky girls in the mid 2000s. Oh, you're going that route. Yeah. Like the Zooey Deschanel, I've got a vlog. And That's I'm, exactly I'm it, so yes. Cute. Yeah, and you know, they'll put up videos that are just like. What is thought? Mm. And that, you know, then there's a, there's a, a four minute video about that jump cut and stuff, which is like, what is thought? I don't think, of course, that, that was a spike in popularity, but I think there is a quite large, constant form of popularity <laughs> for the ukulele, which is for cutesy, dorky indie girls mm-hmm. and guys who can't juggle. <laughs> Because if you go to uni and everyone's juggling, you're like, oh, God, I, can't I can't juggle. Can't I just can't it. do it. I can't do all three balls at the same time. Yeah. Two balls, plenty of practice. Uh-huh. Add a third in there. Ooh. Nope, no idea what I'm doing. Overwhelmed. Yeah. So you turn to the ukulele, the easiest instrument but to play. You say that, though, but like in our office, there's only Andy and Laurie are the only people that can juggle. And Laurie's not here anymore. I can juggle. Can you juggle? Yeah. 
So why are you playing the ukulele why, then? Why? I did the juggling at uni. I never had a ukulele phase. Oh, okay. I can't I can't do either, actually. I can't do it at the same time, but maybe. What, juggling and playing the ukulele? That's the ultimate. I mean, I would wish I knew this back at <laughs> Be Just be girls queuing up in my dorm room, yeah. ready to have to watch me strum my ukulele and play with Joke. my balls well i mean i did once watch a youtube video that i thought was probably the most impressive thing i'd ever seen in my life and it was this kid playing um the hardest song on guitar hero on the hardest setting possible while also solving a rubik's cube oh wow how how many with it was was he playing one with his feet no so he was just like flicking the flicking the strumming bits of uh -huh. the guitar with his little finger and then using his other three like three fingers using you know his fourth finger to balance the rubik's cube and his other three fingers to just solve all the bits and bobs this is where i think britain's got talent has gone the wrong direction because now they're bringing in people who've already got recording contracts yeah and but just from sweden <laughs> yeah. oh yeah here's like this really obscure act who are actually the leading dance troupe actually because my lady partner sort of works in this world she says there's three types of acts there's the people who aren't good enough for Britain's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. There's the people who are too good for Britain's Got Talent and you don't get paid anything. So, you know, they're like, well, I'm not, no, I'm not going for exposure. And then you've got the mid-range people who do want the exposure, but who aren't the tippity top. Right. And those are the people you see. Oh. So isn't that amazing that there's better people out there, but they're just comfortable with their talent earnings elsewhere? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to imagine, I mean, like, yeah, Britain's Got Talent. You've got to find a whole cr new crop of talent every single mm. year. So, and it's not it's not um, fashionable to laugh at people with mental disabilities anymore. Not anymore. Which was a huge part of that show oh, initially. It's it's what it it was. His bread and I butter. I never for a liked bit. it. It was so uncomfortable. Always uncomfortable. I my uh, a girlfriend of mine uh, at one point in time was massively into the X Factor. So for Christmas one year, I got her tickets to the X Factor live tour. And of all the, the sort of 10 finalists. Yeah. So yeah. They, they do like three songs each. But there was a mid-act break where they brought out a lot of the ones that people made fun of. Mm. So we could actually just point and laugh at them while they were on stage. So they could almost like relive that trauma all over again. Yeah. Well, they signed a contract. <laughs> you know, they got, <laughs> got paid for it, didn't they? Yeah. Exposure. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say, Brennan's Got Talent should have gone the route of YouTube. Well, you're like, oh my God, this guy dressed up as Darth Vader on a unicycle playing a bagpipe, which shoots flames out of the top. Yes. But you couldn't do that once, though. <laughs> like, that's the, you know, with Britain's Got Talent, so you've got to have an act that can be more mm. than just, you know, playing in the fire and flames on Guitar Hero while solving a Rubik's Cube. Because you've already mm. done the hardest song on the hardest setting while doing a Rubik's Cube. Like, what are you going to do? The second hardest song? That's not as impressive, is it? Yeah, I don't know where it goes. You're no. right. Well, that's why I was surprised that the dog one did well because oh, you made the dog do a jump. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, another jump, eh? What's it going to do next? T twirl around. Seen that, mate. There is not anything that will make me turn over a channel faster, and I'm including Pierce Morgan's face in this, than children singing <laughs> or dogs performing on the X Factor or Brennan's Got... It's Brennan's Got Talent, isn't it? Yeah. No time for it. So are you saying that... The kids like, are not good. So that when my kid is doing her, like... 
school recitals and stuff. And I ask if Uncle Ollie wants to come and, and She's watch. She's not on ITV. <laughs> no, she'll be at her local school. Oh, look, that's relatively cute. <laughs> You're going to sit there and judge her. Well, no. No. <laughs> Right, well, we need to get into the main show, and then we've got some emails to get into uh, in the outro portion of this podcast. Here is the show. And special guest on the show here in person. Do we want to reveal that? Should we just tease that? At the end of the show, we're going to have a special guest here. Okay. We're going to have a very special guest on this show later on. Are you worried that it's going to... Well, now people are going to think it's CM Punk. That's what I would do. You th- you'd think that we would just quite casually just say, <laughs> ah, special guest coming no, no, up. No, no, no. Th- but that's what people... they'll st- Subconsciously, they'll have CM Punk. Okay, well, I'm going to say this. It's not CM Punk and it's not Andy. Because that's that's what oh, I would think people would lead to. So it's not CM Punk and it isn't Andy Datsun. I'm going to add one more thing. It's someone who's already part of the WrestleTalk verse. Yes. But they're not in the country all the time. That certainly narrows things down quite so. like two people. <laughs> and it's not Tempest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had the continuing... Or, or we had the continuing saga, which for me is like, might be the best thing in the company right now. Now that the arcade bro tag title unification thing has been made boring. <laughs> yeah, made a, a general weekly TV main event for the pay-per-view. This is the best thing. Judgment Day versus AJ Styles. And really, it's my, my interest has been with Judgment Day, Edge and Damian Priest. Damien Priest took on AJ Styles on a match on this episode with the stipulation, if AJ won, no Priest at ringside. For WrestleMania Backlash. (coughs) AJ did win. Edge tried to distract him, but AJ used that distraction for his own um, benefit. Judgment Day tried to beat him up afterwards, go to give him the concerto, but Finn Balor runs down for the save, and he two sweets styles yeah it was a really cool like i mean we kind of sort of fantasy book this at wrestlemania mm. when they did the big priest reveal that he was aligned with edge i said then i was like oh man because priest has been having so many matches with balor you could do at the next pay-per-view edge and priest versus aj and balor like a proper little bullet club oh. or you know two the two former leaders of bullet club you know on the same page to fight against the common evil um they're just doing a straight singles match again you know just just doing a rematch instead that but was is, always the plan that could be the next page that's exactly it this is a good way to escalate mm. the feud that's the one thing i've really enjoyed about this feud is kind of what we were saying about the wardlow mjf feud over on dynamite each week it adds something new into it yeah i haven't loved everything with um judgment day because obviously we it's an american spelling of it so it's missing that crucial e is that why i keep having to i get the red line in my news docs yes because the americans spell judgment uh, wrong they spell it judgment mm-hmm. so we have judgment day and like there's you know the 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 joke that brody king made it's house of black from wish.com yeah but house of black is brood ministry of darkness yeah but i i, I would say that. to compare the two i think that uh, House of Black are consistent with their characters. I don't think I fully know what the characters of Judgment Day are. 
because you people. Well, well, it is, but it's also your local sports team sucks, and also we're spooky magic. Mm, and they can disappear. Yeah, we we're not sure whether they are magic because Damien Priest made all the lights go purple, and then he won a match. Or he certainly well, made a, he certainly made a match happened. end. But then the commentators said the following week that he just disappeared. So he's magic. So he he lost by a count out. And Edge and an Priest teleported into AJ's locker room to beat him up, and then teleported out again with a strobe light. Yes, which is a different light. Is that so? Your your problem is with the consistency of the light and effects. No, no, no. My my problem is: Are you spooky magic, or are you the Miz? Because the Miz's whole shtick is local sports team, and your stick is we are baddies with magic. Mm. And I just, I, I, my problem I've had with Edge's promos is that the only way he's getting heel here is by coming out and being like your local sports team, and he gets a boo for it. Yeah, it's, do you think that is because the it's it is a cheap tactic, and I do think he's beyond it. But you can't deny. It. I thought unless it was piped in booze. He got the biggest reaction of the night hmm, that, from from his promo. So the point I was going to make was, this was my first time I really enjoyed all of Judgment Day stuff because I think that they have been quite inconsistent from the get-go. I don't know whether they are spooky magic, whether they are just baddies wearing trench coats. But I thought the entrance was actually complete this week where they just come out to Edge's music. Like Damien Priest last week had, he started out with Edge's music and then it cut to his old music and his old, and it was just a bit of a jarring change of tone. This week, just play Edge's music. That's a much better way of doing this. And you make a full entrance. And it felt like a more complete package this week. It was still your local sports team, but there was less spooky nonsense this week. So it feels like a bit more of a complete unit now. But there was no throne. It was missing the Shao Kahn throne. However, if they'd have had that there, Balor might have tripped over it when he was trying to run in to make his save. Yeah. So I, I've actually liked House of Purple from the start, really, even before Priest joined. Maybe it's because, like, Edge is so good as a heel. He is very and good I as know a heel. we got him as a heel in Mania last year, but was it? It was more like this. He was playing with the morality of a heel. Yeah. But he was never fully there. So I'm really enjoying this. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is probably the most complete version of it. But what I like about it most is not just the steady progression of the details. Like, they worked over AJ Styles' shoulder in this match. That's the shoulder they attacked the previous week. I know it's like pretty basic stuff, but just the idea that they sold a body part over, I think it's three weeks. Yeah. That is a that's attention to detail beyond WWE's usual capacity. And it ties into Edge's return in 2020 <clears throat> when so, he got a similar injury with AJ Styles so mm. it's, it's a nice little touch of detail there which is one of the great things about Edge the promos that he's cut where it's just like I don't know why you guys have, went, didn't see this coming I was in the brood and I was in the ministry of darkness he is not scared of referencing stuff that's already happened in fact he is doing a very good job I think of wrestling that into the submission of continuity I mean even Judgment Day is the poster when he was sitting down cool and i i my my favorite part though is linked to that and that i really believe edge has some form of creative control over this or at least a lot of creative input because because of that attention to detail mm -hmm. and it feels like he is just his gimmick is as much taking people who aren't really working in other parts of the company 
and making them work in his storyline. Damian Priest. AJ, what was AJ Styles doing before Edge? He tagged for a year with a moss. Then lost to a moss. Then lost to a moss. Finn Balor. You know, like, who has been treated worse, really, over the last couple of months than Pin Balor? Yeah, exactly. He's in there now. Rhea Ripley. I know this is now speculation reportedly, but she could come in as well. And, yes, Purple Champa. Yeah, who currently is... He is probably being TNA to the back at the moment mm. with his uh, with his uh, quote unquote push. So yeah, I, they are two people I'd like to see. But let, let's let's dive into the the post match angle yes. here, which was yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Balor ran down to make the save, and he and AJ Styles too sweeted each other. Is this the first time they have too sweeted each other in ring on like a main continuity Raw show that wasn't like Raw twenty five or something? Uh, since their match that they had at like that weird no mercy when everyone got ill and Kurt Angle yeah. had to be Shield Dad, <laughs> because it was meant to be Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. No, it was supposed to be mm. Sister Abigail versus the Pumpkin yeah, King. Yeah, but AJ Styles was put in last minute. What a match! Great match. But, you, but we, I think we said at the time that was such a good match because I know they could have a better second one. <laughs> yeah, and they were setting up those bits. <laughs> Just never did it. Never went there. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of any other interactions between the two. They've often been ships passing in the night on different brands a lot of the time. Never feuded. Yeah, just a lot of people pointing out it was TLC, not No Mercy. Like anyone actually cares. Um, and they had that when I think the SummerSlam the year AJ and Gallows and Anderson came in. They had a moment with Balor, but Balor was like, I'm on a different path. Yeah, they were sort of like teasing. Are they going to like feud with each other? Are they going to join forces? I think we did a lot of like fantasy booking of like a Bullet Club style mm -hmm. faction in WWE, but they've never pulled the trigger. And really, they're not pulling the trigger here either. I think it is a happy accident that these two people are former Bullet Club leaders, as opposed to the booking of this being like, well, now we'll put Balor with AJ and it's a Bullet Club thing. It's more just, these are two people that previously were independently feuding with Edge and Priest, and now they are going to be tag partners. Yeah, I think it's it's mostly come about via coincidence. But Edge, I think, is a guy who would look at coincidence, as all good bookers should do. I mean, like, Gado, does, Tony Khan, they do not plan out every single thing that happens. Sometimes it's like, oh man, those two work really well together. I don't know if anyone's ever done video editing, but there will be a bit where you'll put a track on some footage, not line anything up, and you go, it peaks at the exact moment I want it to. Brilliant. I think that's one of these moments. Same here. Um, but I don't think that means they won't really not lean into it. They're not going to say New Japan. No. But they did the two sweets. Yeah, and I think that they will have a promo, you know, in a couple of weeks' time or whatever it is, where they will make reference to the fact that we have spent some time in Japan, we know each other, we've mm -hmm. got similar um, beliefs about, you know, whatever it is. I think they will make some vague references to it, and I'd imagine Corey Graves will drop some, like, lines on commentary here and there for us smart marks. So, um, yeah, I, I could see them doing that way, but, like, once this feud is done, I don't think AJ and Finn are staying yeah. together as a tag team, despite the fact that I actually might be quite good for them because what are they going to do otherwise yeah it's kind of depressing I, I think aj's usually safe but Balor. You, you just said then like what's he done well but that's because amos needed some help i actually think that is a vote of confidence by the company to put aj there my, his contract's not coming due my point was more what did he do after the amos <laughs> thing like it, it's a 
Yeah, but that was like months after the Amos thing finished, and they just put him. And like, it felt like, oh, you actually feel Save like a massive loser. <laughs> Gonna build him up in that time. I put I, over theory a couple of times, I think. Well, that's it. Yeah, like he is just there to sort of put over mm. other guys over. So I, I don't know if I would say he will be okay outside of a tag team. Um, just to talk about the Champa thing, he wasn't in this angle at all. He appeared elsewhere on the show. Priest is now banned from ringside. So do we see the next member of Judgment Day debut at Backlash? Could be. Um, and then you can have Ali feuding, like Ali joining the ranks with Balor and AJ as well, which I, would be really mm-hmm. fun. I think, however, like Ali is so tied in with Theory and Miz that moving him from that into, because I was like, what do you then do with Theory and Miz and Ali's feud where they're they're not joining Judgment Day, are they? So No, but Theory's going to slowly turn babyface against the Miz. Oh, you... Oh, there was a bit where Miz and Theory were on the ramp and they were celebrating. Oh, I was just waiting for Miz to go. You know, I feel like there's something building there. I, 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 perhaps you're right, but my, I think my point was more going to be, <laughs> do you think anyone's ready to cheer Austin Theory? Wait. You can do anything you want when you pipe in those noises. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. Look at Lashley's dick! <laughs> that was a lot of the piped-in noise today. That slow zoom up. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, 
let's see what <coughs> you'll think on the Ultra Chats, which I have right here. No thoughts on the Bullet Club reunion. So we had a conversation um, when we were putting together this stream. This is the thing that we wanted to talk about, was the Bullet Club reunion of sorts um, and Judgment Day and things like that. Um, the argument that I made was like the most watched thing on WWE's YouTube channel. So I think the thing that's got the most interest in it is the Bloodline storyline with RK Bro and Randy Orton. Sorry, RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. Problem was like because nothing happened on this show, mm. there wasn't really a way to like frame a talking point around it, and we didn't want to do a thumbnail that said nothing happened because I think that we have done a lot of those sort of like negative Nancy thumbnails in the past. Well, they do draw for uh, oftentimes. It's not, it's not really the angle I wanted to take on this mm. show, which I thought was broadly quite good. Yeah. So, but I do think it is a shame that we set this, like, you know, we thought, oh, this will be the big talking point. And apparently we're the only people that care. So well, that, that's a shame. Let's talk about the rest of Raw. Alpha Wolf says, hello, chaps. Well, Raw wasn't terrible. Let's hope it continues after WrestleMania. Backlash. My dad just recently got diagnosed with cancer, but I just wanted to thank you for keeping my spirits up with your videos. Much love. Jam that jam. Hashtag Team Andy. Well, so sorry to hear that, Alpha. Mm -hmm. So sorry. I'm not going to reference the Team Andy comment. Yeah. Will Campbell. Hey, guys. Really liked last night's show. The double RKO at the beginning was incredibly satisfying and very well executed. I also like how Liv got the pin in the main event. Also, I think it's better that WWE isn't doing the title unification on Sunday. Yeah, he continues, because I think that even Vince realized that RK Bro and the Usos are still far too over for either team to lose their titles, and Roman wouldn't be on the Backlash show otherwise. Also, I think that the Randy games are a documentary of how off his head Ollie really is. So, the Randy games? <laughs> the Randy games. I, I've got a massive issue with the, the title unification, or the non-title unification mm. thing now, because... You spent three weeks promoting a, sh a match and then one week out from the show being like, ah, we're just going to do a <laughs> less interesting six-man tag that could have been done on any episode of Raw or SmackDown. But also the storyline justification of it doesn't work, which is, if anyone who didn't see SmackDown, what happened was Roman Reigns tore up the contract and then later on, Paul Heyman was accosting Adam Pearce and he said, I think you should make this a six-man tag. And Adam Pearce is like, I don't think I have any authority to do any of these sorts of things. But Paul Heyman's point was more, if you don't make this a six-man tag, I will go and tell WWE higher-ups and management that you weren't going to book Roman Reigns on a paper on a premium live event. Then they watch the show. Well, I mean, you can certainly make the argument for Adam Pearce to just say, well, I'll just book him versus True in a singles match then yeah. <laughs> and, and keep the title unification match. That's a hell of a card. A hell of a card, Pierce. yes. <laughs> but Pierce's like, no, Paul, you are right. I think that is the only option I have now mm. is to do this as a six-man tag instead. So the story just doesn't work. It's just Vince woke up one morning and was like, well, God damn it, pal, I don't want to do that match anymore. It's now just a six-man tag. It's a shame. We'll get onto that more when we talk about the opening segment. And finally for now, Charles Berg. Raw was okay, which is better than bad. If the Randy Games has taught me anything, it's that you boys like hot butts. <laughs> the Cornetto Trilogy, which is your favourite? Over time, mine has also become Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is mine. Yeah, it's, it's like three great albums. You've got the great debut album, the almost more impressive second album follow-up and a third album that beautifully caps it off that isn't as good as the others 
but still brilliant. But you can argue that the third album, probably the more uh, divisive of the albums, is then for the more interesting album to sort of like look at and dissect. It's a bit darker. Yeah, a bit darker, a bit weirder. The most real, I would say. Like it deals with actual emotion. Like not that Sean had done stuff, but they're like quite superficial level emotions. These are difficult emotions. I I love The World's End so, so much. We saw it together. Uh, and I absolutely adore that movie. But yeah, for me, Hot Fuzz, <laughs> it is a movie that I can watch once a month and went through yeah. a period where I was because it was on ITV2 every Wednesday. Um, and I'll find something new in it mm-hmm. each time, just some little background detail or something. And there'll always be moments in there that make me like oh, yeah. pop and laugh. Yarp. And- Yarp. <laughs> Narp. Um, it's just bollock nice. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be a big cop in a small town. Down the model village. village. Um, yeah, so Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, World's End. Yeah. Daylight between them, though. Almost. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, I tell you, I saw Edgar Wright. Did you? Yeah, so I went to the Sparks gig. You did go to see went Sparks. Went to Sparks. Yeah. And, of course, um, Edgar was there. I, th- I, was, I was like, oh, I really hope I run into someone famous. And there were, <laughs> there were obviously famous people there. You looked in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> but they were all like 60 plus year old men who were probably part of a band in the early 80s because yeah. they look you know and everyone like all the other 50 plus year old guys there were going <laughs> um but no at the end everyone sort of gave them a stand innovation i was like wow looking around front row in the decks behind there's edgar Wright. oh edgar so happy and i looked at him i was like and he, we, we locked eyes. So I must have been the only person and, and he, not looking at Sparks. And he went, oh my God, it's only Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Graham, don't look now. Uh, <laughs> and Edgar Wright's over there. And I wouldn't look up there for the rest of the time because I didn't want him to think I wasn't enjoying the moment. I didn't want to make him feel yeah. pressured. Did I ever tell you when I, the time I interviewed Edgar Wright? Uh, so it was to promote, I think it was the DVD release of um, World's End mm. and me and a group of other journalists. It wasn't like a filmed interview thing. It was just like for sort of audio and, and written pieces. So we just all sat like in a circle in this hotel, in his swanky hotel room that he was booked into and got given World's End beer mats, which was amazing. Um, but before we went in, we were like in one of the, like, the sort of the living quarters area of the hotel suite that he was in. And the person who said it, I was just like, and you could, you know, date this quite a lot, said, uh, you can't, don't ask any questions about Ant-Man because mm. this is when he was still attached <laughs> yeah, as director. Wow. He said, you, uh, don't ask him any questions about Ant-Man. He's, it's not that he's just anti-talking about it. It's that he's got no update to give you. And it was like, I think like a couple of months later was when he would officially leave the project. And you were like, damn, that's all my questions. Well, in a little way it was because we wrote for a comic book movie website yeah. at the time. So I was kind of like, you know, wanted to talk about Ant-Man a little bit. So when we sat down, I just jokingly said to him, don't worry, we've been told not to ask any questions about Ant-Man. Boom, gave us some quotes about Ant-Man because he was just like, we were just chatting. It was just written yeah. away. It's like, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, really, there's no like update for anything. But I then had it on the record of him saying stuff about Ant-Man <laughs> when I got myself some new stories out of it. Nice. Swindled you, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the movies and the contribution to our lives you've given. But we got you. Got you. I bucked the system slightly. <laughs> and I then, quite embarrassingly, got a photo with him afterwards, which you're not supposed to really do in interviews. And sort of, it's an uncouth thing to do. I pretended it was for social media, mm. um, my social media. And I got him to sign one of the beer mats oh, because I just started special. dating... Well, who the woman who is now my wife? We just started going out, and I thought this will be a really 
good gift to give her early doors. And, and to, you didn't have a ukulele to sing to her. Exactly, yeah. And he wrote, to Kate, let's boo-boo oh, Edgar Wright. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Well, you know, that's probably the last, you know, kind of embarrassing story you have about <laughs> a, a celebrity interview that you've done, isn't it? Can't think of anything that was the last more one. embarrassing of a, uh, of a celebrity interview I've done in recent times. I certainly don't. Uh, right, this episode of Raw, uh, I'm going to put my Raiden out on Front Street. Best episode of the year so far, 74%. The least best episode of AEW Dynamite, 75%. Oh, so it was almost it's as good as touching. the worst episode of you know Dynamite. That, I've always been scared of, like, if I do enough poops in the toilet, that it might touch <laughs> my butt. And that this is what I feel like... It's <laughs> what I feel like this is. So yeah, Raw, really good. <laughs> oh, that was a, a really, really good show, yeah. But I will say, like, I thought the opening segment of this show, this, this opening segment put me in a bad mood. Um, thankfully, the rest of the show there was there to sort of, like, pick up the pieces. Because this opening segment of the show reminded me of why the build for WrestleMania weren't all that great either. And that is because WWE put all of their eggs into this Roman-shaped basket but only really want to do that stuff on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this opening segment here was... Roman and the Bloodline doing their long intro, which means, great, I can skip the first 10 minutes of the show. There's a, a one bonus point there. And they do the We Are The Number Ones thing. And then Roman gets the mic and he's like, I don't know, wherever they were. North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, acknowledge me. RK Bro attack the Usos. Great spot. Great spot. Drew McIntyre comes out, everyone brawls, and then it cuts to an ad break. Cuts back, and Jimmy Smits is there doing his commentary, and he just says, like, well... You'll have to tune into SmackDown because all six of those men will be under the same roof. I was like, Jim, they were all under the same <laughs> roof now. They're still all under the same roof, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an unfortunate end because that sort of it was great to see the bloodline on Raw. The crowd are really hot for it, potentially artificially, but I think genuinely. And that RKO spot was perfectly timed, didn't see it coming. And that the pull apart brawl was pretty cool. But then yeah, like you're like I've seen Raw before. I almost expect... So, in the main event, it's going to be the Usos versus... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or Drew McIntyre versus... Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso. But there was no mention of it. It just felt... Although I really agree with the main event they went with, kind of. Certainly star power-wise. Star power-wise, but not sort of if you're building a pay-per-view-wise. I just It made the show feel a bit disconnected yeah that's a great point about that main event great main events mm -hmm. and it was stacked full of star power but none of those six women are on the pay-per-view which is weird then because the final line of the show was just like and we'll see you on sunday i was like well i won't see any of them <laughs> whereas like this show was missing that killer go home angle mm. like this didn't and that's what i think this show's big lacking point was like i feel like none of the angles were that killer go home angle to make me want to see the pay-per-view this sunday i feel like they had one but they just didn't they didn't make the most of it. I'll come on to that later. But yes, uh, this is, of course, I I've made my peace with the whole no title unification thing. I do agree the tag titles being unified, bad idea. But I, it was actually a really hot match, I thought. Uh, so yeah, and it's, it's so obvious that Roman's injured. He's not, me. though. He's wrestled on the European tour. 
he wrestled why? all the time on the European tour. Why? He's had why lots of matches. Why are they him like this then? Because they just don't want to unify the tag belts now? Uh, that's what I think it is. I think Vince just didn't want to unify the tag belts. Sean massively shot down all of those rumors that Roman wow. was injured because he's wrestled loads since WrestleMania. So there's no way that that's it. I think it's Vince woke up and was just like, well, we can't unify the tag belts. I don't know what we'll do for the next pay-per-view. And it's 100% Roman Reigns wrestling. It's not gold AR Roman Reigns stepping in for him. Look closer, <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> Uh, right, so after that, we had the Street Profits and Ezekiel. They were sort of partying backstage. Kevin Owens, Alpha Academy came in. You're not Ezekiel. You made a fool of me. Hey-ho, six-man tag. I I'm enjoying how many six-man tags there are. It's almost like Raw needs a trio. <laughs> Unify the tag belts. Introduce a trio's title. The last thing that WWE needs is more belts. No, they will be net the same belts. <laughs> oh, awesome. Belts that don't mean quite as much. And it would be so funny to troll AEW and say they're copying WWE. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the reason to do it. Uh, so this was a really fun match. I actually thought Ezekiel looked the best he had so far, just because of the way everyone wrestled around him. Good hot tag. Uh, and he lost. <laughs> he certainly did. Yeah, Kevin Owens tripped uh, Ezekiel on the outside, and it led to Chad Gable getting the the win on him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I was kind of hoping that they were going to announce for Backlash, uh, Alpha Academy versus Ezekiel and Elias. Mm. But um, I don't think is Kevin Owens facing Ezekiel at the paper. You know what? I was just like, what <laughs> what is happening at Backlash? Because they did run down the card. Yeah. So obviously the the I quit. Rousey Flair match should main event in my opinion. Well, no, the six man tag will main event. Do you think? When it, it open the show? Uh, no, I think the maybe that will. You know, so what we who's going to get the card? I've got the card. I've got the card. I've got the Wikipedia card. Oh, Flair quick, versus yeah. Rousey, Rhodes versus Rollins, the six man tag, AJ versus Edge, Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss, Lashley versus Amos. So yeah, I mean, at least there's some it's differences. Bad, it's not a bad card. It's a short card. It's only six matches. Yeah. There'll be three added to the pre-show on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday, probably. But like, you know, there's some variations in there. Like, I, I made this point with Sullivan a couple of weeks ago that my issue I have with the WrestleMania Backlash card is that, well, I've already seen Bobby Lashley beat Amos decisively. Mm. I've already seen Cody Rhodes decisively beat Seth Rollins. I've already seen Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey have a match, and I don't really want to see them have another one. So... The, the title unification was like my big yeah. thing I wanted to see. And they've taken that away from me now and just given me a standard six-man tag with no stakes. And I guess so Drew can just, I don't know, pin Jimmy? Yeah, you, you keep that. You save Drew Roman for a bigger pay-per-view. Well, you'd have thought they would have saved it for the UK show. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that's why you'd, you did the angle with Shinsuke. Drew loses, goes into a Tyson Fury feud. That, that's your big UK. Oh, match. I could not think of anything I want to see less than Tyson Fury it's having a. It's not about you. No, it's no. about the mainstream viewers. Oh, I mean, me and exist. Me and Denise were talking about this on the Friday <laughs> show. Someone said, like, she asked me, like, who's a big UK celebrity that you'd like to go out there and see get attacked? Holly Woodbrook. No, 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 not attacked. Yeah, well, I was like James Corden. Yes. Like, bring out James Corden for him to get like you know Claymore or something. Mm. Boris Johnson getting Claymore in the Can face. You imagine. Yeah, he's got a mean tackle on him. Do you remember when he speared that kid in rugby? <laughs> yeah, and he's finished it. So it's what you're saying. You want to do Roman versus Boris, spear oh, versus yeah. spear. Yes, <laughs> be better than the Goldbergs. Though. <laughs> uh, 
After that, we got AJ uh, talking backstage. Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce are like, Adam Pearce is like, you will have this six woman match in the main event and you are a performer. You're not an official in this capacity. And Sonya's like, oh, it means I can't change the rules. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just a nonsense. I like both of them. This is just a nonsense story. It's because they they were never introduced as GMs. Mm-hmm. They still aren't introduced as GMs. Adam's like, oh, I can't do anything. Like That's that. exactly <laughs> it. Like, I don't know what their characters are. And now they've introduced this sort of like omnipotence of higher up and WW management. And there's also a Vince McMahon that's right there. So You mean the mentor? <laughs> Not Mr. McMahon. The mentor. The mentor. So I don't really know who is in charge or who actually is able to make matches at the moment. It's Edge's Mountain of Omnipotence. <laughs> you go into like a performance review and there's this, this Sauron-shaped mountain with an eye on the top. Hello. <laughs> Doing a Vince voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, we got Veer versus Local Man. Bert Hansen. Oh, is that what I was talking about? Brooke Hansen. Bert Hansen, I'm pretty sure. He's from North Carolina, but North Carolina didn't really care. <laughs> he, he tried to do the James Ellsworth style This promo. was a James Ellsworth promo. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, love, I love it. I love it as an idea. And then Veer just destroyed him. I, I said this with Pete last week. I'm done with this Veer Mahan experiment oh. already. Because it's going, it's going nowhere and it's going nowhere fast. Like, without the Mysterios there, this is just the same cack every single weekend. That's what we got with Braun, and that was good. Yeah, I know, but I made this point with Pete last week. So apologies if I if people watching this at home are hearing me like, repeat myself. But this whole, like, big guy squashing small guys. And Pete said, like, well, it worked with Braun. I was like, oh, God, that's one example that we can think of the last 10 years where this thing, they keep doing this thing. They've done this well, type of Lance. match. Lance Archer. So what end did it lead to? Well, he he got a he got a uh, to the he put over Cody in the TNT title feud. <laughs> like they do this big guy squashes small man thing, but like there's probably like three examples of the thing working in twenty years. Oh, oh, no, I think it's an effective way to, to book someone. Name me ten. Well, people. It just hasn't been done often. They're, How do you mean it hasn't been done? This well, gets done every year. They, it didn't work with the Moss either. They before usually you say that. give up after three weeks. I think they're on their path to give up on this one. Oh man, that would be annoying. We waited a long time. Uh, Priest took on AJ Styles after that, which we've spoken about. Cedric Alexander approaches MVP in a moss backstage, said, hey, Shelton's not here. Please let me join the Hurt Business again. Whatever it is you are now, I'm going to have a match against Lashley later. And MVP's like, ooh, interesting. Cedric's from North Carolina. Well, it makes sense for him to get pinned then. Happy birthday to The Rock. 50 years old. Done like a day over 25. Did you hear my joke I made? I said, actually, relatively, that's pretty young for his fellow geological minerals and also part-timers who are going to win about <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> that is a very good I thought joke. that was good. I think it's just more... It's funny that <laughs> WWE are still pining after The Rock and yet he's still not showing up on any of their programs. I mean, Christmas Day, did you see the trailer for Young Rock they played later on with that mick foley and triple h thing it looks so low rent and naff it's like like the porno version it did it, triple h particularly i wrote in my notes this is either like porno is a great thing but it reminded me of porno from, is a great thing yeah it, right Luke, quote him quote absolutely him por- but porno is a great thing <laughs> <laughs> but it reminded me of you know you like in the uk in the late 90s where 
WWF is coming to town, but it was local local British wrestlers playing against the American wrestlers. That's what this looked like. I could have seen this at my local sports hall in 1999 for about, you know, for three quid. And then I got pictures with them afterwards. Have you watched any of Young Rock? No. I'm, I haven't watched any either, so I won't, I won't criticise, but... Uh, yeah, it does, it does not look like Triple H. <laughs> or Mick Foley, for that matter. Ms. TV hosted Mustafa Ali next. They did all the sort of fake production tricks where, oh, your music got cut, I'm sorry, Ali. Or, oh, your microphone isn't working, I'm sorry, Ali. Why don't you go and complain on Twitter about it? And Ali, in one of the worst babyface comeback lines of the year, I don't complain to management, I complain to these fans. <laughs> It's like, no, 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 no. Complaining was the problem word here. Yeah. There's, there was a moment in this segment as well where I'm just like, I don't know how you managed to get this wrong either. So Ali's mic was turned off. So he was trying to speak and Miz was like, oh, no, I'm so, how embarrassing. Your microphone is turned off. Mm. This is such a shame. This and the other. And then Ali has that great moment where he steals away Miz's mic. So now Miz doesn't have a microphone. And so like, oh, I haven't got a microphone now. So Miz goes to steal back the microphone, but he steals back Ali's microphone that was turned off. Only either he did steal back his original microphone or Ali's microphone was turned on the entire time. So he then goes like, <laughs> this thing, and it's like, boom, 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 yeah. boom over the microphone. And then it's like, this mic doesn't work. And it's on. <laughs> you think Ali was just, he was working, talking? Yeah, it's like the, the scene I did with Andy last week. God, he's such a good wrestler. He can even <laughs> work speech. Uh, this turned into Theory coming out and he said his mentor, <laughs> not Mr. McMahon. Why would you not say that? Because he needs branding. Mr. McMahon. We'll say my mentor, Mr. McMahon. Because you and I both well know that WWE are afraid of managers. And so what they don't want is to be like, you know, Carm they wanted to have managers so little that Carmella got a sommelier. <laughs> so... Vince is like, well, God damn it, pal, I'm not a manager for him. What am I? Worked for the Sommelier. Though. And someone said, champion. are you a mentor? There you go, pal. Mentor's great, but then mentor Mr. McMahon. If I if I am just tuning into this episode and so Theory goes, my mentor, I'm like, who's the mentor? Yeah, Mr. McMahon, that's a huge thing to get him over. I mean, you're absolutely right there, but the problem is if you don't say it three times in a promo, then the audience aren't going to know yeah. that that's what his new character is. That's fair. Uh, so they have booked Ali in a championship contenders match against Ali, sorry, against Miz and Theory. And Miz and Theory beat him pretty pretty quickly. Ali was good, but, you know, wasn't much of a fight at all. It's just thank goodness everyone was in their gear for this match. <laughs> this, this, pre <laughs> this premature match that no one was expecting. Thank goodness everyone had their knee pads on. There was also a strain throughout this promo where... Everyone was trying to reference Ali's backstage issues. You know, he asked for his release, didn't work. Asked for his release publicly, he it wasn't granted. And you know, five years ago, when they didn't really reference anything like that, I that you know that that's what we lived for. But now, it did not really get over i said this on last week's show crowd aren't reacting to mm. them like I, I would wager part of this crowd or like 80 percent of this crowd didn't know that he'd asked for his release there was a line where he said you know theory was like you can't handle this heat it's such a tortured setup line and the answer was if there's anyone can handle heat 
it's me. Wink, wink. I had heat backstage. Yeah, it's a fine line, but it's not working. Did you... um? Sean was talking about this on uh, the Fightful Post show. I can't remember. Oh, no, it was on, maybe on his Q&A show or something mm. like that. Um, he knew of Ali's creative plans on Monday before Ali did. <laughs> That's how late in the day this Ali um, bringing him back was. Or how well connected Sean is. <laughs> I'm starting to think Sean's source is Mr. McMahon, his mentor. <laughs> uh, Champa attacked Ali again. No explanation. Cut to the back. To the back. Dana Brooke uh, wanted to go on a honeymoon with Reggie, but no, Reggie wanted to go on a honeymoon with Dana Brooke, but they kept fighting because <coughs> Dana understandably is like, but you keep trying to win my title off me. I want a divorce unless you get me your... N- Nikki A.S.H. also beat her in this segment. Yes. And then he's like, I-, I want a rematch. Make it happen, Reggie. They had the rematch. Dana beat Nikki. Everyone chased each other. And then Brooke demanded a divorce from Reggie. Well, the key to it is, is that in the melee of this, because a lot of people tried to attack and try to pin Dana afterwards, Reggie tried to mm. pin her again. And Dana was like, what the hell? Like, we just talked about this. And then she got onto the um, table where I, I guess it's safe. I guess like floor is lava. So like no one could get her up there. And she said that I want a divorce. And I want a divorce. Yeah, Mindy like McMahon style. And... <laughs> Later on, Truth was appointed as Reggie's divorce attorney because he doesn't have a prenup. 90% of divorces end in separation was an R-Truth line. I thought that was very that is funny. It's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't care. Do, I, do, you, do you care? No. I like the wedding. but I. Yeah, it's it's been all downhill since the wedding, unfortunately. I thought the wedding was going to be, that's this chapter of... The 24-7 story closed, new stuff now, but it's actually just the same stuff still. Yeah, and maybe I have glazed over in a couple of these segments. Did they ever explain why Tamina tried to marry Dana Brooke at one point? I, I assume Paul Heyman had some feedback on the segment. You know what this is missing? A lesbian marriage. Uh, after this, um, it cuts to Jimmy Smith at ringside, mm-hmm. who says, Reggie there, obviously devastated. Just as devastated as Becky Lynch was last week. I'm like, oh, let, let's not compare these two characters, shall we? Let's not compare their two plights. Yeah, Becky's backstage with an obviously squatting Kevin Patrick. <laughs> you know, in the backstage ring. Yeah. There's a ring backstage all the time. Like, so they have, this, they have a recap of oh, yeah. Asuka's return, and it cuts to Kevin Patrick, and Kevin Patrick just says what the recap package just said, and Becky says... You don't need to tell me what happened. I was there. And I was like, you also don't need to tell me what just happened. I just saw it in a yeah. video package. Yeah. I, I, the, the best. Becky somehow manages to remain credible in the sea of nonsense that is WWE. After that, we got Seth Rollins Appreciation Night. Obviously a play on Randy Orton Appreciation Night from the previous week. <coughs> and this... This, it, this should have been the cliffhanger go home angle for me. Yeah. Seth Rollins comes out. He's, you know, he's trying to get people to cheer for him, but the crowd start chanting for Cody. Everything was working perfectly. Cody comes out instead of the Seth Rollins video package. They go back and forth, and Seth has this great line where he calls Dusty Rhodes a narcissist. He wasn't good enough to win the WWE Championship, and you're not good enough either. Great line. Cody then brawls with him. 
Right. So, you know, that, and that, that's, it was all very good. And I'm really looking forward to their match, despite me thinking I was done with it after WrestleMania. But I thought there was so much left on the table here. Cody is an amazing emotional promo, particularly when he's fueled by the material of his family and specifically his dad. So if he had a chance to respond to Seth's line, whack on the old Cody tears, I think this could have been a hell of a go home bit. Yeah, I mean, I completely appreciate what you're trying to say there about this appreciation night. However, this was segment of the night for me because mm. Cody Rhodes dropped a Johnny Polo reference. And I'm like, which is, you know, it was Raven's character in oh. WWF before he went to ECW. So I'm like, <laughs> well, this is now the show of the year. Johnny Polo reference. That's all you've got to add. That's all I've got to add to this. I was, honestly, once he wrote that, I stopped listening to anything else that was said in the segment. I actually forgot all the dusty stuff, <laughs> all that they'd brawled. Um, Cody also threw Seth's jacket into the crowd. And I was, I don't think that's been done before. I was genuinely like, oh my God, that jacket's gone. <laughs> Seth even went, like, was like, shall I go and get that? Uh, very good. I've rented these things. Yeah. Bobby Lashley then had his match against Cedric Alexander. Bobby Lashley has a new part of his entrance because the AR Bobby Lashley wasn't enough. The cardboard cutout. One. Yeah. We've now got Bobby on a podium and the camera just pans up his sweaty splashy body mm -hmm. and then comes the ar cardboard cutout but it's a baby face now got to get a bigger entrance now that you're a baby face i no offense to lashley <laughs> but i'm not into bobby lashley is what i'm realizing i'm into mvp and bobby lashley yes whether it be, whether it be tna whether it be wwe this is not bobby lashley does not function by himself we have seen this Time and time again in WWE, it says a lot that Bobby's return to WWE was only good when MVP was his manager. Like two years after. Two, that's what I mean. Because like, what happened with him, it was smiling, it was stalling suplexes, it was sisters, mm. it was all of this stuff. Then it was being married to Lana, and it was all God. of this like nonsense stuff. It was all bad, bad, bad stuff. MVP comes along completely revitalizes Bobby Lashley in, on, in WWE and makes him feel like a credible star once again to the point where he was WWE champion and champion for a long time as well had great mm. matches banger after banger it's gone from MVP and I am now like I'm less into it yeah. and it kind of bums me out as well because the report from Fight for Select over the weekend was MVP was not the first choice to be the manager of Amos um, Malcolm Bivens was um. pitched to be that uh, be his manager first off and then that pitch wasn't didn't get through. LA Knight was also mm. pitched as well to be the manager. And before they made the decision, the MVP will turn on Lashley and will go with MVP and Amos as well. We could have still had MVP with Bobby Lashley and just someone else <laughs> managing Amos. And that would have been so much better. Because without MVP, I'm, I'm not into Lashley as much. But Vince is. Vince is super into Lashley by himself in the most one-dimensional form. So he, he destroyed Cedric Alexander, who is from North Carolina, and MVP and Amos sort of watched on from the, well, the ramp. They were trying to put Lashley off mm. because they were like they played Amos's music, which distracted Lashley, and then MVP was sort of like doing running commentary about him getting beaten. I was like, "What are you going to do, Lashley? What are you going to do?" And then Lashley wins, and then the commentary were like, "I mean, how's he going to withstand Amos?" I'm like, quite easily so go by WrestleMania because he stood tall on the Go Home Show before WrestleMania. 
then won at WrestleMania. So I don't think he's in that much trouble. Come backlash. Beat him in an arm wrestle. Yeah, exactly. He keeps winning here. <laughs> and this company keeps being like, I don't know what's going to happen when he gets yeah. to backlash. How's he going to manage? The main event was a six-woman tag, but we'll talk about something that happened after Becky Lynch's entrance. So Becky Lynch was in the ring for about nine minutes while we got this 24-7 title segment. Uh, R-Truth, Reggie talking, divorce, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they walk past a very dejected-looking Nikki A.S.H. And Dewdrop walks up to her and says, are you, are you done mucking around now? You ready for a change? Yeah. So hopefully this is not 24-7 title-related. It is Nikki, Cross, and Viper. Oh, you think it could be rebrand for Viper as why, well? Why? I don't well, think go back I to hope. Piper Niven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not Viper, of course. But Piper Niven and Nikki Cross, Last Kickers. God, I would, that would be amazing. I mean, there's that's an actual tag team. An actual, yeah, but there's no tag team division for them to go into mm. because it's. I mean, like them versus Banks and Naomi. That's I mean, a genuine good match. Yeah, genuinely in for that. It's just that there's no one to <laughs> feud with after that. It's quite remarkable to WWE's credit. I know there's nothing on the pay per view, but that's a storyline lurking in the background. And then the six woman tag, which was just a, a great showcase of the top six women in the singles division. Becky Lynch, Sonya Deville, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and a returning Asuka. This rules. Mm, this mm. is three singles feuds coming together into a six-woman tag match and a really, really fun tag match yeah. as well. Loaded with star power, made everyone feel like a really big deal. I think just being in the ring with Becky Lynch just makes everyone feel like that much like a brighter star. Everyone looked awesome coming out of it as well. It sucks that none of these women are on the pay-per-view because mm. they really should be. I really do think that Bianca Belair, like, great to give Bianca Belair the win last week in our hometown, but her versus Sonya should have been on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I thought they were kind of working it where there would be a rematch, but maybe it'll get announced. Maybe it'll be added. The day before. Yeah. Uh, but some really cool spots in this. I particularly liked, you know, my, when I look at this, I see Liv and Rhea as the third feud. That was the one I was most into because they were just like, Liv was going for her every opportunity. I think Ripley looks completely refreshed as a heel. Um, Asuka and Lynch didn't really touch a great deal, which perfect keeping them apart and there was this awesome spot who was it so it was the uh, if the one thing is it's, sonia yeah sonia's on the ring like on the on the apron and askia does her running hip attack and sonia deville goes off the apron and Liv morgan catches her in midair to hit the recoil uh ricochet's move it was it was awesome yeah really like really that. really cool spots i've seen people be down on the finish because it's like why is sonya trying to win with her feet on the ropes i think it makes perfect sense because she's a con like she's a, a got heel authority yeah. powers like she was telling the referee ignore that i'm cheating count the pin yeah and he was like no because you're not in charge of me at the moment you're in it was a perfect yeah. it was a perfectly made sense and it was bianca belair who you know pushed the feet off Liv Morgan gets the win. With the Oblivion. Yeah, so Great. Liv Morgan, of all these six people going in, I would have said, well, Liv's taking the pin here. Well, it was either Liv or Sonya. Yeah, and Liv got the pin. So I was very happy. Loved it. Have no idea how this builds the pay-per-view, but... Just like what what a what a great showcase of the women's division on Raw. Yeah, I thought it was really really good, and I, I you kind of hit the nail on the head there. This was a really really good showcase for Raw. A terrible go home edition for the pay per view though, because none of the actual Raw matches felt like there was mm. any really big 
go home angle to make you mad. I cannot wait to see them collide in the ring at WrestleMania Backlash. I think the Edge AJ one is about the only one that was given like a new wrinkle to it. But yeah, it was just um, it was a but it was a really good show. Just a bad go home show. Yeah, I overall I gave it um, seventy four percent, which well, as you said is almost like the uh, the poop. Nice. It's almost the poop hitting your butt. When you go to a festival and you have the long drops, oh, no. sometimes oh, oh. you're like, that's looking pretty close, Mate, actually. Are you, I mean, you're fancy. You went to festivals that had long drops. Yeah. Oh, we just had regular old cubicles that didn't get flushed. So you had to sort of like try and stand up onto it and squat over mm-hmm. so you can sort of like add to the, the mountain, as it were. Oh, my God. My friend once was trying to squat, slipped. <gasps> no, and, no. And in, down. So the, bowl. the only time that I've ever had to do it to that degree was uh, Reading Festival 2009, maybe 2008. It was one where Rage Against the Machine headlined the Friday. Uh, we were there for my friend Stag do, and we were doing it in superhero costumes. And it's those ones that are like all over. Yes. One, so trying to do a number two, we the number twos. <laughs> where you've got to take the whole superhero costume off otherwise because otherwise like you've got to oh, yeah. unzip it and then just pull it all the way down and then doing the squatting yeah, it was not easy you're trying not to get poop on your yeah. uh, onto your costume because you've got to wear it for a couple of days well we're joined <laughs> by our special guest we have our special guest here I think most people managed to guess it because Ollie Davis no. gave it away no that was a cryptic clue par excellence um, you can sit here my friends can you take that seat right there? Oh, great. Look at this. It's SP3! Everyone, SP3 is here! Hey! 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 He's an Bring American! Bring it in. Look at this. NXT a, 2.0. I'll take that middle seat. Yes. It's like when when NXT guys pop up onto Raw <laughs> and have a have a feud for a bit. So are you saying you like Champa coming yeah, in? You just need to like cut straight to the back now. Yeah. I'm like Braun Breaker. No, but Champa's a <laughs> Champa's a full call up. It'll be like when Dolph Ziggler was feuding with Braun. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, Natalia going down now to NXT to feud with um, Nikita no, Lyons. We're not, we're not showing up on the NXT roof. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm like Braun Breaker because I'm from a I'm from a wrestling family like him. So there you go. It's very true, actually. He's got a point. The lineage. The lineage. The respected <laughs> family. But anyway, welcome SP3. If anyone is a fool and doesn't know who you are, when you explain to these fine folk... Well, one day Luke Owen was on Twitter and he <laughs> he went out and said he wanted people, uh, you know, wrestling creators, content creators to reach out to him to be on the Wrestle Talk podcast. This was back in 2020. And I just randomly sent him a link to True Hill Heat and he saw me mark out almost orgasmically to New <laughs> Japan Pro Wrestling and he invited me on and the rest is history. I'm here in the UK. You can see me every Wednesday, 7 p.m. UK, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, see, I know the I know the time. It's good, yeah. it's good to meet you. Uh, <laughs> I can't work that out. On the Mocha 2.0 review of NXT 2.0 with Sat E Nyangi, the Mocha brothers. We are every Wednesday here to talk about NXT and now I'm here. Are you going to meet up with them? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amazing. I think I think he's gonna meet me around in the area later later on. So today. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. We yeah, haven't just... seen Sat for. I don't think I've really? ever met Sat in person. I don't think I've ever met him in person either. 
oh, we gotta we gotta make this happen then. So yeah, yeah, we really should do actually. <laughs> it's gonna be a whole wrestle talk reunion oh, cool. together meeting. It's <laughs> very good. Also, it's the first on screen appearance of Dad Inc. On the show as well. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yes. The New York Connection, the Ghostbusters tour is coming. It's coming <laughs> soon. It's coming soon. Um, so just you were saying in the office how you, because you used to really like New Japan, you still do, but you were saying NXT 2.0 is better now? Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better. You know, they, they're going back to a time that I always remember very fondly, <laughs> the Divas era. So, you know, it, it's going back in time to, mm. you know, fantasy battle royals. It wasn't uh, sexy enough. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Fulfill sexy enough. Your fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I made this joke in the uh, the rest talk news yesterday, but it was just like when you see Nikita Lyons having matches, you're like, NXT is much hornier than it used to be. <laughs> Show is way hornier than it used to be. You call her Nikita Lyons on NXT, our Mocha 2.0 review. We call her the American cream, Busty Rose. <laughs> so, so, so either or, whatever you want to go by, Lash Legend is Ultimo Wagon. You know, we go, we go either or. Let's get into some <coughs> chats. Uh, ultra chats, wrestle talk, Tom. Dot Tom. And you wrestle were making talk, fun of me com. earlier for the Tom Dolan thing. <laughs> Forward slash wrestle this talk. This is just as silly, I would argue. Wrestle talk, Tom. <laughs> hi, Sully. Hello, Sullivan. Everyone say hi, Sullivan. Hello, Sullivan. Uh, hi, Brian Sullivan. Moore. Who cares about Reigns and his Gardel t shirt? It's all about Bullet Club. Juice has joined. They're going to take all the gold at Dominion ahead of Forbidden Door. Even WWE is using the BC hype. That's Bullet Club hype with the AJ Balor pairing. Exactly. Good, good that this chat came in, actually. Exactly, because you got an honorary member of the Bullet Club here mm. with you. Switchblade J White officially check my Twitter page at TrueHillSP3. He gave me the two sweets, so I'm an honorary member now. Oh. Which is oh more than what we've got. So you're, you're dropping too many names. You want them back? I'm, I'm, I'm dropping all the names, all my connections, you know? Bring any, it any more you want to just drop? Um, I mean, I was, I was just bragging that I'm, I interviewed Edgar Wright earlier, so I've got no space to talk on this. Hmm. Well, I have an interview coming out with Diana Parata, who's going to be on AEW Ooh, Dynamite this yeah, week at 12 p.m., 5 p.m. UK, coming out on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Go watch that. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> give us a rundown of what this could mean, this whole Juice joins Bullet Club now, going into Dominion, and then there's Forbidden Door. How far apart are those? Well, Dominion is on June 12th mm. and Forbidden Doors two weeks later, June oh, wow. 26th. So basically, Juice went on, I believe, uh, one of these podcasts and did an interview, said his New Japan contract was expiring after Windy City Riot. And then out of nowhere, of course, because wrestlers work, they're always working <laughs> on interviews. Uh, he appears at New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Duntaku on Sunday, and he reveals himself as a member of Bullet Club, lays out Hiroshi Tadahashi, who was his mentor, and now he's officially a part of Bullet Club and challenging for the United States Championship, most likely on May 14th in Washington, D.C. Mm. So he may be the champion going into Dominion even before then. Ooh. What's, your, what's your number one Forbidden Door match? There's so many. Um, can I can I, can I give you a binary option? Only because we did this on the in the poll uh, on a few episodes ago. Um, would you rather a Carter versus Page 
Akada versus Punk or Okada versus Danielson? I'll go with Okada versus Danielson because I believe CM Punk is going to be the AEW world champion. So I'd rather be Punk versus another top star from New Japan instead of champion versus champion because then we're just going to get a 60-minute time limit draw. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, what was your other one? You won um, uh, Hook versus... No, no. I, I want. Um, I mean, Hook versus Toriano, obviously. Um, but no, my big match is MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I put that in my article on WrestleTalk.com. Look at this guy. <laughs> WrestleTalk.com. Look at this guy. William Touchy Jr. I think I'm excited for WrestleMania. Backlash. He hasn't, <laughs> he, he hasn't put backlash. In. Well, maybe he's still oh, no, excited it's, for WrestleMania. It, it's right at the end. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm excited for WrestleMania also as an American. I now understand why English teachers would get mad. I naturally spell a lot of things the British way. Judgment is and always will be the only correct spelling. Backlash. Yeah, judgment with an E, <laughs> not not uh, judgment day. What would you? I, I I spell it judgment day. Do you yeah. like Do you like the E though? Do you prefer the E? I, I do, I do. It looks it looks proper. It yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the same way as putting U's in words <laughs> makes them uh, spell correctly. Star Train Twenty Four on a scale of one to retribution. <laughs> how bad is the name Cervical Clutch? And no title unification. This company. Also, Randy Andy and Sully doing a show together is gold to me. Uh, go over to Patreon. They did the After Dark show together. They certainly did. Uh, yeah, the Cervical Clutch, bad name. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Laksim Narasimham B, Menberg for eight months. Uh, today's show did the job, I guess. Rivalries went from three to four <laughs> right before the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the Harley storyline will lead to brute force making the save. We can only hope. Bruce Harley. Uh, Alex Jordan. I think I'm okay with WWE scra scratching the title unification match. Randy and Riddle kind of have Raw on their back. And I would have hate to see them lose the titles to the Usos and give me a reason not to watch Raw. Ah, but Alex, what if RK Bro had won? Hmm. And what would have that done for the bloodline dynamic of Roman sending the Usos to get those Raw titles and they come back with nothing? Oh, there could have been an interesting story development there. What we have is no story development. <laughs> Drew's in. That's... Yeah, but we're still at square one here. If anything, we've actually landed on a snake and gone all the way back to start. <laughs> Appropriately. Appropriate, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to have a, a thought there? Um, I was just going to say, I, I'm still confused on why Roman Reigns wanted a title unification and then ripped up the contract to suggest a whole different other match. Mm. I'm still, uh, it's still wrecking my brain. Four it's days confusing. Later. Confusing yes. motivation. Alex Jordan, I've read out. Juan Gabriel, hey boys, hope y'all are well. I have a question about Roman. Do you think that he needs a new motivator to be the next version of himself? Uh, that first, before I go into the Edgar Wright talk. Yep. Edgar, we may as well rebrand this channel at this point. Yeah. Um, do you think he needs a new motivator? Well, I can, well, yeah, certainly, because he's at the top. Yeah, he's Godel mode. Mm. Um, the Rock, I guess. That's his next motivator, is to oh, be yeah, the... yeah, but that's ages away. Yeah, but you can build to, like, you know, I've, I've already been the best person in WWE, now I've got to be the best Samoan wrestler ever True. in WWE. And then he can be... I don't know. Um, he wants to come out with Young Roman. <laughs> i think he needs to lose the title soonish and then we can have you know 
just psychotic breakdown Roman Reigns. Maybe SummerSlam. And then you build, like, his redemption story finishes with The Rock. Ollie, he's 100% stuck. Yeah, keeping those titles until WrestleMania. I know. Adding and to... and then he's winning at WrestleMania <laughs> as well. <laughs> Adding to Edgar Wright talk, I've seen Baby Driver 15 times. It's my favourite movie of all time currently. I don't like Baby Driver that much. Didn't really I, do it for me either. I wanted though. to like it more than, than I did. Dustin Huffman. Would you rather not have the tag title unification match happen or have the match end in a double DQ and both sets of champions retain? That's not the only two options, though. But these are the two options you've been given. Um, if I have to go with those, I'll go with the double DQ, I think. <sighs> That's the... that. Can you imagine how angry you'd be if you if we watch Backlash and that but was I'm the finish? But I'm angry now. So like, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, Jack Nichols, I'm hollering because I hear you. Got my beer in a Steiner. Give me that effing mic. Where's my freaks and geeks at? It's Big Popper Peng, Ollie Davis. Peng. Finally, somebody is going to take AEW to task for some reason. Welcome back, sir. You were missed. Legit. Oh, thank you very much. You don't want to do that in your Scott Steiner voice. Do you, I don't have a Scott Steiner voice. Hollering, cause I hear ya! Get my beer in a Steiner! Give me the mic! Where's my freaks and geeks at? Big Bubba Bump! Arnie Davis! I basically just shout. It's basically the only way to do a Steiner impersonation. It's not even that good. Isn't that the same way you do the Tony Khan impersonation? <laughs> uh, Tony Khan! It's all there! It's slightly <laughs> different. You can hear it. Out there! Park it up! You were there! You were there! Bring him on up! Out there! Legas King. It's more coffee in the, uh, the Tony Khan ones. <laughs> more uh, screech. Yeah. <laughs> Legas King. In the film analysis class, we have watched many good movies. I've watched Avatar, Pirates of the Caribbean. Where's the sorry? Where's the good movie? <laughs> For the first time while in it, the only bad movie we've watched, and what I think is the worst movie of all time, is Bride Wars. Legas King. What? Why are you watching Bride Wars in? Film analysis classes. Well, I guess it is, you know... Soviet montage theory? (laughs) It's to just give you, like, this is a bad rom-com. How not to make a... I don't... You've seen... You like rubbish rom-coms. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I didn't like Bride Wars much. Um, Bride Wars is the movie that quite famously, uh, at least here in the UK, Mark Hermode reviewed it in January and (laughs) said, if I see 10 films worse... If I don't see 10 films worse than Bride Wars this year, I will quit. (laughs) It has to to be in the top 10 worst films of the year. Um, But Legacy King continues. On Thursday, we started watching Prisoners in my film analysis class in high school. Didn't realise it was the movie Ollie brought up until it got to the scene where he played on the podcast with Jake Gyllenhaal going, Hey, 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 hey. Hugh Jackman is trying to act his life out. And Jake is just going ache all the time. Great movie, though. Uh, what? What is your tutor like? Avatar, Pirates of the Caribbean, Bride Wars, Prisoners. Yeah, and I, 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 mean, I suppose it depends on what the uh, you were to looking to watch. To teach film. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so confused. What's the thread I mean, there? Well, Avatar, is, it's what, the third biggest movie of all time yeah, yeah. pirates yeah. is a movie <laughs> there's things to be learned from movies mm. uh kukabian 131 can't wait for wwe to sell fake cody Rhodes neck tattoos luke you must buy them all like the sort of transferable ones i'd love that 
Colostopia. After New Japan Dontaku, Bullet Club seems to be going back to their glory days. Didn't see that juice didn't see that juice heel turn coming. Jay White is going to Forbidden as champion. Haven't seen Raw in ages, but you guys keep me updated. Thank you guys. Don't think I see Jay going into the uh that is champion. I think so. You reckon? I I do. I, I do. really thought they were gonna like try and rebrand Akada and like take him back to twenty seventeen Akada where he just he beats all the top guys again. He doesn't necessarily need it because he's got the record 720 days as mm. champion. He set the record for 13 title defenses. Jay White kind of needs it. That's going to be the solidifying of the Bullet Club. And it's not just because Jay White made me an honorary member. <laughs> it's because I think it makes sense story-wise. But also, if you're you're in New Japan, if you're looking at it, it's like, well, okay, what was our high point? That was when Okada was champion. If you're in yeah. a WWE mindset, surely it's just like, well, let's just do that again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're Vince, you would just go with that again. But who was the person that made the announcement of Forbidden Door? It was yeah. Adam Cole and Jay White. So I can see Adam Cole versus someone like Okada and Jay White defending the title against a big star from AEW like Hangman Adam Page, who loses his title at Double or Nothing. So. Uh, well, that's where we come into Jay White versus Page for the AEW title, and Adam Cole versus Okada for the IWGP title. This is Luke's card <laughs> you're, you're pushing i'm not pushing it it was just it was suggested it was an odd chat and i don't think it's a terrible idea no, no it's, it's very not. good there's so many yeah. good ideas there's so many Stop great trying versions. to make hangman lose the title <laughs> transitional champion <laughs> uh jack nichols cool black and white motif ollie you look like a sexy penguin a little like a bow tie to yeah a penguin yeah a penguin <laughs> can i get a newt newt for my boy penguin <laughs> sorry i'm all penged up do you, have, do you have Pingu in Nord. in the States? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. plasticine penguin thing. Yeah, I think Nord. my, my kids watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen, you can find it online, someone uh, remade the thing, but with <laughs> the cast of Pingu. Oh, really? It's it's incredible. Uh, and Coco Bay, BN131, SB3, as a fellow New Yorker, can you give us a Joe Gacy version? <laughs> Of Steiner math. Well, I would need the promo in front of me. Oh, we've oh, always right. got the promo to hand, don't we? <laughs> oh, please, please, please. Trust please. it, go down. Um, okay, let me let me find it. I got to get my eyes like Joe Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's the internet? Uh, <laughs> to, uh, down here somewhere. I just have one more come in while you're finding that. Ollie Rodriguez Dolman. Ollie, what did you think of Selling Sunset Season 5? I know that's the real reason you were faking being ill. I didn't know that came out until the weekend. Oh, no. Netflix did not. That's been up for a month because they're doing the reunion this weekend. So I'm three episodes in and my God, Christine is the whole Chriselle Jason romance. You guys nuts. No, I'm, I'm, on, I'm still season nine of um, maths sir, at the moment. Oh, I'm married at first sight, of course. Yeah. Olivia's right. an absolute nightmare. Selling Sunset is ridiculous. Uh, it's, they, they've really amped up the pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, yes, Joe Gacy version of Steiner Man. <laughs> you know, they say that all men are created equal. But you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally, if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. 
So you got a 25% at best to beat me. Then you add Kurt Angle to the mix. Your chances of winning drastically go down. I'm just going to so correct you. You're going to have to say that it's, again. It's, it's drastic go down. <laughs> See, that's I, I, I like you corrected. <laughs> <laughs> of winning drastic go down. <laughs> See, the three-way at Sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me. And he's not even going to try. That's true, he's not. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got eight and eight <laughs> and eight one third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one on one and you add you then add 66 and two third percents. I got 141 and two-third chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Samoa Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Tremendous. Well, and the only done. thing that was missing there was the pronunciation of Senor Joe. <laughs> Aside from that, it was perfect. <laughs> I, was try I was trying to be Petey Williams. You know, <laughs> when, he, when he starts the corpse. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Part. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't re-listened to that for a while. That is, I kept thinking, no, that's where the math stops. Yeah, no, no, it but keeps going. No, it yeah, keeps yeah. going. <laughs> anyway, my, might be my one of my two favorite all-time Santa promos. The other one is when he keeps talking about the University of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thank you, X Lone Storm X, for becoming a member. Uh, this email comes in from, uh, sorry, I'll try that again. Hom. This email comes in from Juan Gabriel. It says, afternoon, lads. I just heard the intro to Raw when you mentioned Prisoners by Denis Villeneuve. My best uh, friend recommended that film to me, and I finally saw it myself. It's a 10 out of 10 recommendation. It's so suspenseful, uncomfortable, yet glorious, especially that ending. Also, it has Viola Davis and Terrence Howard. Yeah. Ollie, Amanda Waller and War Machine 1.0. Get it together, Davis. Much love, boys. Your email, head of chief of emails, Juan Gabriel. Thank you, Juan. I, so I, this is while you were away. I'd seen, you, have you seen Prisoners? New. No. Remarkable movie. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever seen a Denis Villeneuve movie. June. Not seen it. Um, Arrival. Wait. Oh, I have seen that Sicario. one. Sicario. Haven't seen Sicario, but I have seen Arrival. Yeah, so they're all great. And I, I, thought, I thought Arrival was totally fine. It's <laughs> a so bang average episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, ouch. Um, but Prisoners is just insane. I think we might look back at Villeneuve, Dennis the director, and go, he is the Kubrick of our, of our generation. Mm. Just because he's just going to every genre and like, here's a classic. Here's a classic. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Um, there's a really good scene. I don't know. Did you listen to this podcast episode? I, I did, yeah. Yeah, where Jake Gyllenhaal just A's all over Hugh Jackman's monologue. A, A, A. Speaking of TV shows, you and I have been trying to catch up on mm -hmm. all of our, the TV shows that you and I have been... Well, we don't watch together, but we watch separately and then comment on. Did you watch Future Food Stars? Uh, yes, of course I did. Yeah. 
This is Gordon Ramsay. Have we spoken about this on the podcast? Oh, we have not, no. Gordon Ramsay is doing The Apprentice for food. Yeah. My theory on the show is... Oh, actually, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I was listening to a podcast that was reviewing the first episode of it that pointed out something. The title is a joke. Yeah, for, for, for F's sake. Yeah, FFS. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that. It took me two episodes. Yeah. Because okay. it's the hashtag in the bottom of the screen. That says FFS. Yeah, yeah I, that didn't even tweak... I don't tend to notice those anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, that didn't even tweak to me that that's what it's there for. I remember watching the, the first episode of it. And, you know, they all like the contestants go down to the beach. And my wife turned to me and was like, oh, no, because we've got this thing about Gordon Ramsay. In all most episodes of Kitchen Nightmares, he has to have at least one topless shot <laughs> in it. In Kitchen Nightmares USA, if it's Hotel Hell, he has to have a shot of him getting into a shower or getting out of a bath. Um, and, yeah, my wife was like, oh, he's not going to have a <laughs> Daniel Craig moment, is he? Where he like walks out of the sea wearing like his his board shorts. No, it was it was one bigger than that. He jumped out of a helicopter. Oh yeah, and it is a gloriously terrible program that is flawed in almost every single aspect. Oh, of it. I think that's unfair. What what about the show works? The tasks, but it, they they often don't work because a lot of the people don't cook. Mm. No, but it's but a, they're you, always cooking tasks. You've got a team of the cooks, of the branding people, of the sort of project people. It's like saying in The Apprentice, well, they're not all sell- like salespeople. Uh, no, but they're not all on sales tasks, are they? Like The Apprentice isn't always about getting in the numbers. Well, one of them was you weren't cooking. You were creating a drink, a non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah, and they were bad at that as well. They told a great story. <laughs> well, two of them told a great story. <laughs> one of them, one of them had the ingredients. ingredients. <laughs> But it is a glorious... Oh, oh, we're already late for the show. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Get your emails in to support at WrestleTalk.com because we do love hearing from you. Um, and we will be back tomorrow with the NXT podcast and and the predictions for WrestleMania Backlash. I did forget it was this Sunday because we're not doing the live reaction to it. Yeah, uh, Sullivan and Adam will be doing the prediction stream. I'll be there as well, being the the host, the moderator between the two. That'll be live tomorrow along with the NXT review. And then it'll be myself and Ollie Davis reviewing AEW. No, the Ewan Sullivan reviewing AEW Dynamite. Oh, you're Doctor Strange I'm going to see Doctor Strange instead. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.